Welcome to the Unbranded Podcast with Miss Dean Loves You. I'm your host, Susie Dean, and this is our very first episode. Um, This is actually my second time recording this, and goodness, podcasting will really take some practice for me. Last night, I felt really confident about what I recorded, and this morning I woke up and I was like, I just rambled and I tried to re-listen to it this morning and while it was a healing conversation that I had with myself, um, it just was not no bueno. So I have an outline now. Uh, My hope with this pod is to bring you along the journey of rediscovering myself and my passions after leaving the teaching profession. I know that is so cliche. What does rediscovering yourself mean? But Maybe we'll find that out together, what on earth these fancy, fluffy words mean. I think a lot of us, though, um, especially teachers, find ourselves on accident making teaching our identity, and then, as a result, we forget or completely lose sight of who we were before. But whether you're a teacher who has left, a current teacher, not even a teacher, if you love your job, you hate your job, you feel confident in who you are and what your identity is, or you're so confused, I hope that through this journey and through this podcast and our conversations together, you can find some nuggets of wisdom and inspiration, community, and hopefully a little less loneliness through an exploration of some of the hardships that we all think we face alone, but we actually all have in common. Today we're just setting up the foundation, and the reason why I started this podcast was to talk about what on earth my life is going to be like after teaching. So why did I leave? What a loaded question. Uh, It had everything and absolutely nothing (laughs) to do with my pregnancy and having a baby. But let's start way back in the beginning when I became a teacher because that was never my plan. Teaching completely fell in my lap. I never wanted to be, planned to be, thought that I would be a teacher. So I always wanted to get my PhD in mental health counseling. I did everything that I could to make that a reality for myself, except I had poor planning skills, which is not the norm for me. I just got a little lazy my senior year of college. And by January, I realized, oh, I did not take the GRE to get into a master's program. And I didn't have the money to pay for the GRE prep courses that I would need. So I had absolutely no plans for after graduation, which was terrifying because all of my very wonderful, delightful, intelligent, and successful friends had job offers or paid internships with very fancy companies already lined up. So I was a little bit at a loss. I had heard about Teach for America when I was a couple years younger, but in college, and I thought to myself, okay, you know, I'm passionate about education. Um, I'm passionate about inequality and inequities in education and ameliorating some of those effects that they have on children. So I decided to apply for Teach for America, which I thought was good because it was only a two-year commitment. I could save up money for my GRE. And 
I already was passionate about education and educational equity. So I thought this was a perfect segue. And lo and behold, I was accepted and I only lasted three months. So we'll just gloss over that part. But I had all of my teaching certifications. So I figured I might as well just use those for the rest of the school year somewhere. So I applied to my old high school and I also applied to a very prestigious resort in uh, my neck of the woods as a poolside bartender, which, you know, sometimes I wonder if I had taken that job over the teaching job where I would be. Definitely rolling in the dough. But anyway, I applied to my old high school. I took that job because, you know, it's a more respectable job as an adult. And I ended up loving it. I was shocked. I was previously in a middle school classroom, was very terrified to go into a high school setting. But what I found was that my energetic and super compassionate, traditionally like kindergarten style personality worked really, really, really well in a high school classroom, especially with the population of students that I was teaching. They were, I, I was, I was teaching the lowest 25% um, performing students in the school, students that were at risk of not graduating. So I found that that personality ironically worked really well with that group of students. I think that being young allowed me to teach them in ways that they understood better and felt comfortable with, and I was just able to have fun alongside of them. In all honesty, they were like not very far in age from me when I walked into the classroom, so a lot of the jokes, a lot of the pop culture things, we all got together, and it was fun. Ironically, also, I think that being young made them respect me more because they felt safe with me. They felt like they could relate to me. And being young and hopeful and energetic, I think that made just a fun classroom. I found so much fulfillment, not in teaching per se, not in teaching characterization or grammar or test taking strategies. It was everything outside of that that teachers thrive on in the classroom, the relationships with students, the impacts that we have. Students would open up to me about problems at school, um, in their personal lives. They absolutely trusted me. I knew, I could tell by this, that my classroom was clearly a safe space for a lot of students. Um, sometimes the only time they felt like they could relax all day, they told me this. And I felt so much purpose in facilitating that environment and not only teaching them the traditional English stuff, but in walking alongside them as they grew and developed their own opinions and challenged themselves and walked through their own hardships and adversity. I was in a very important position of influence and I did not take that lightly. But while I say all of this, um, there are two kind of announcements, I suppose, that I want to make. One, this was all beautiful and wonderful and joyful and everything that I ever dreamed was possible in a job and beyond. But it was 
hard. And I'm going to get into that. That's not to say that it was all sunshine and rainbows. And also, while I left the classroom, and I'm about to tell you all of the reasons why, this is only my story in my school with my students and with my personal situation. So if you're someone that's going into the teaching profession, I think that's great. I think you still can have beautiful experiences with your students. And I don't want my story to influence anyone that's going into the teaching profession in a negative way to scare you more than you're already scared because teaching is a scary profession to go into. But just keep in mind that this is my position and my experience and that really might not be yours at all. So keep going. Um, anyway, so all this to say, teaching was hard. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat that. August through November were brutal. People talk about teacher tired, and there is no tired like teacher tired. And I just had a newborn baby. I was in labor for four days. I wasn't even medicated until the fourth day. <laughs> I was in labor for three days, unmedicated, all natural at home. So when I tell you there's no tired like teacher tired, I think that I <laughs> can say that with a lot of confidence and experience. Teacher tired, it's a complete emotional, physical, spiritual, mental exhaustion all around. For me, it lasted August through November. It was brutal. My husband said that I was a nightmare during this time. Plus, I mean, Parent emails, angry parent emails, disrespectful parent emails, they sent me into such a whirlwind of anxiety. Um, some kids didn't like me, which was hard for me because I'm a people pleaser and I want everybody to like me. So there were plenty of things that caused me to cry or not be too happy going into school sometimes or lose sleep at night because I was anxious. So I want to make that clear that teaching is fun and teaching is also incredibly difficult. But, but, but all this, you know, but, but, but I did get into a groove by my third year and I felt really confident not only in making my own lessons and teaching, but also in building relationships with my students and creating a space in my classroom that's not traditionally typical for high school. And I thrived in this and I was bopping around. I was moving along, happy, leaving school, still feeling pretty energized most of the year until I came back to school in January, 2022. I started teaching in August, 2017. This is why pregnancy had everything and nothing to do with my leaving. When I came back from that winter break, <clears throat> I was freshly pregnant. I think once I arrived at school, I was only five weeks pregnant. Uh, we had a pregnancy the year previously, which ended, unfortunately, in a miscarriage. So when I was pregnant this time, I was coming back to school so newly pregnant and so incredibly anxious that I would lose this baby as well. Spoiler alert, I didn't. I had a baby and he is a three-month-old, perfectly healthy, very happy, very chill baby boy and 
he's so much fun and it was all beautiful. But at the time I was terrified and I couldn't even take my anxiety medications to alleviate this because it wasn't safe for pregnancy. So I remember going back to my first teacher work day after winter break and not only was my heart rate at like on my Apple watch, like 120, uh, but I was shaking. I was, my whole body was shaking from the anxiety. On top of this, I couldn't even tell my students that I was pregnant to get them to give me a break. So I was constantly on edge when I came to school. I was snapping at students. I was not in a good mood and I couldn't even tell them why until I was 12 weeks along because nothing would have been worse than getting them excited about a pregnancy and then having to tell them that I lost it. So those first like two months back were really, really, really hard for me. But because I was so anxious and because I couldn't do anything to alleviate it, I was hyper aware of everything that was going on around me. I was hyper aware of the realities of teaching that I was previously able to easily gloss over or at least, you know, find the positives in. I was constantly being disrespected every hour of the school day, at least once. The work that I was putting in was absolutely not appreciated. My students exhibited a lack of effort and care that I had never seen before in my life. And mind you, I've been teaching the lowest 25% of students at my school since I started teaching at my school. So I've been working with this same population for six years. These kids that I love, they don't want to do work. They don't want to be in school. School isn't made for them. School's not made for any everybody. Like school is, that's a whole other conversation. Um, but I was used to students not wanting to turn in work or do work. But this was on an absolute another level. That was all just incredibly disheartening. Um, and on top of that, administration was asking me to pass students that just weren't ready. And I was teaching seniors. I did not want to pass seniors on to the real world without the skills or the personal accountability that they would need to succeed. And I don't think it's any other teacher's fault before they came to 12th grade. I think that it's probably safe to say at most grade levels, teachers are pressured into pushing students along. I was being asked to pass these students who weren't ready just so that we could make sure that our graduation rate stayed high. I was being asked to give 50% instead of 0% when students did not turn in work. I was having to sacrifice just so many of my values as a teacher to appease administration and parents. And at this point, I just never felt like more of a babysitter. Like so many people would joke or say very disrespectfully that teachers are just babysitters. We all know that's BS. We all know that's bullshit. Let's curse on this podcast. But I felt it at this point. And that's ironic, right? Because I was being asked to do less. Administration was asking me to do less don't grade them as harshly, make sure they pass, make the assignments easier. And I just couldn't. And maybe that was my downfall. Maybe I care too much about the students to take away a meaningful education from them, to 
purposely fail to prepare them for life after high school. And I think that like really just sums up why so many teachers are leaving and is probably the biggest reason why I left. I care too much to be a teacher. Being so compassionate and empathetic and caring so much about the personal success about each one of my students, yeah, it benefits them 1,000%. It creates an environment that is conducive to personal growth and joy and safety, but it is absolutely not sustainable. I was seeing for the first time why teachers around the country are so burnt out. Why people say that teachers need to be paid more money, which, you know, the money was never a concern for me because I was always having so much fun. I was coming home, however, and I was giving my leftovers to my friends and my family and my loved ones. And I had been giving all of my emotional bucket to my students and whatever was left over, I was just giving to everyone else that was way more important in my lives, in my life. Um, I didn't want that for my child that was to come. I was spiraling quickly. And, you know, I think a lot of people talk about this. I'm going to agree. I think a huge reason why there quickly became so much disrespect and apathy and lack of support was the COVID year when we were hybrid. Um, at that time, which I totally understand and think is very valuable and necessary. At that time, we were asked to give students less work, more time, easier grades. I got that. It was COVID. Nobody knew what was going on. I didn't know what was going on in the homes of my students. I didn't know what their home life was like. I didn't know who was dealing with a sick parent or sibling or family member. So I have no problems with this and I don't think any of us should. But when we came back to school, the following year, 2020 to 2021 to 2022, we had an opportunity to get all of our kids back on track. And my school did not take that opportunity. Instead of holding up higher standards for students to rise to, teachers were asked to pass students, again, to be more lenient, to make sure that they graduate so that we don't mess up our graduation rate, to understand that they uh, have just been spending a year cheating behind their computers, turning their cameras off, going to take naps, leaving. And we need to have, this was their attitude, we need to have um, some empathy for that. We need to give them a little bit of time to readjust. And that was the beginning of the end, in my opinion. Students saw this and they absolutely took advantage, as anyone would, as I would. They knew that they didn't have to adhere to deadlines or try too hard because we would pass them anyway. We as teachers would be called down and reprimanded if too many students were failing. I remember I was called down twice because I had too many people failing, which is a big deal because I taught seniors, so it would affect the graduation rate and... These were the students that were at risk of not graduating anyway. And the administrator gave me my numbers of the percentage of students that were failing my class first quarter. And it was high. 
which I expected. My first quarter is always high for failures because that's kind of the quarter that I'm holding them to my policies and, you know, holding them to deadlines, giving them points off for late work. That's when I'm really setting the bar for them for the rest of the year. But even with students that were just not turning in assignments or were not coming to school, I was reprimanded for those students. I was told that I needed to give them 50s. I needed to make sure that they passed. I needed to not give them zeros. It was just, it was ridiculous. Near the end of the year, I was spending hours on lessons on the weekends only to have students sit on their phones during class time. I got to the point where I was just pausing in class, stretching out my lessons for days so I could give my students the answers to the work we were doing in class, give them time to write it, tell them exactly what to write, and they still didn't even do that. Not to mention, oh, the very unusual number of negative and threatening experiences that I had with my own students. It made me really uncomfortable in my classroom in school. That was just, that was the deal breaker. So teachers lost so much respect from students because students will respect you if you give them boundaries and you hold them to it. I have never... I've never had a problem with this. Just giving students points off for late work, giving them deadlines to adhere to. I mean, those seem so simple to me, but my students could see that I wasn't taking off points for late work. I was accepting work all the way up until the last day of school or the last day of grading, the grading period. I had students do an entire quarter of work on the last day and I had to grade it because I knew if I didn't, I would get called down again. So my hands were tied and because I couldn't run my classroom in a way that would prepare my students and teach them accountability, they lost respect for me and I get it. So they just took advantage and weren't doing work because they knew it, I would most likely pass them anyway. <sighs> anyway, that was a rough time. So in a nutshell, why did I leave? Because as a teacher, I was no longer respected or trusted. I was no longer asked to do my job. I was caring too much. I was putting in too much effort for too little back. I was depleting my emotional bucket for my students. I was unable to give it to myself. All of the nourishment that I needed, I couldn't give it to my husband. And I didn't want a future where I couldn't continue to give to my son once he got here. I didn't want a situation where I was going to school, coming back depleted, and not even having it in me to give my son 100%. Also, who says that we can't just get up and change career paths? I think that's something a lot of us are scared to spend time thinking about. Just because I feel bad because of the teacher shortage, I... I didn't want to be tied down to something that was absolutely sucking me dry because I felt like I had to. 
And I also had to remind myself while I was making the decision to leave that I never wanted to be a teacher. Like this isn't a lifelong dream that I've always had. And I'm young. I have plenty of skills. I can apply to any job and get one, maybe, outside of this field. It's not like everything is ruined if if I leave this job. And I had to remind myself of that constantly. Now's the time to get up and figure something else out, change the path of my life to hopefully have more happiness and more fulfillment and more time for my family. So I resigned a few weeks ago while I was on maternity leave. My leave began the day before school started, so I never met the kids that were assigned to me, which I think was a blessing because I didn't feel like I let them down. I feared so much, though, that I would hate that I lost such a sense of pride. There was just so much loss in leaving, and that scared me for months and months while I was considering this. My husband would tell people that I was a teacher, and they would tell him how incredible that was and what hard work that was, and they would thank him. They would thank me. I I felt prideful for having a position which was so impactful to our future. It was such a beautiful position of influence. But the longer I settled into the thought of leaving, the more comfortable I became because maybe I wouldn't have summers off or I wouldn't have the prestige of being a teacher, but I knew that I would have a job in the future where I could leave my work at the door and I would be able to save my energy for my loved ones. And I could still feel purposeful in another way in raising a beautiful human in my home. I could go to sleep with less anxiety. I could go on about all of the benefits that I told myself would come if I could leave this environment. And I got to give a shout out to my bestie, Francesca, who was an art teacher and always wanted to be an art teacher, who left in the middle of the year and found a job that was so much more, not, not up her alley, but well, obviously up her alley, but that was so in line with her passions. It was, I can't imagine if she had stayed in teaching and missed this opportunity. It's so perfect for her. And she kind of held my hand through this whole decision process because she went through a lot of the same fears that I did, but she could tell me. She would text me in the morning when I was at school. And since she didn't have to be at school at 7.30 anymore, she was going on walks by the Miami Bay, I think. Um, in the morning before work, she was telling me that she didn't even care that she didn't have summers or holiday breaks off because she just had so much more time during the regular work week in general. She was getting lunches with people and going to happy hours and just had so much more energy and vibrancy. And, and that was really encouraging for me. So that brings me to now. What am I doing now if I'm not teaching? Nothing exciting. <laughs> my job won't be my identity anymore. It certainly won't be a job that you recognize me by. But just so you're aware, in this past summer, I kind of knew that I wanted to resign, but I hadn't made the final decision. And I 
was brainstorming with my husband what on earth we would do in the future because I had no leads. I had no idea where I was going to apply, what I wanted to do. There were no plans. So I just prayed and manifested that something would fall into my lap that was perfect for my skills, a perfect environment for what I needed for my family. I gave myself until January. I trusted that things would fall into place and I let it go. Here's the first wonderful thing that happened. My dad, who owns an accounting firm, um, he, I, I've worked for him summers growing up. Probably, okay, in the summer, I probably started trusting in this and praying for this in like June. By late July, my dad told me that one of his employees had resigned, which opened up a position for me, which was everything that I had asked for, something perfect for me, for my skills, for my family. I'd worked for him before. Oh, it was so convenient. Um, and I already know the culture of the workspace. So I was going to do that part-time. And he agreed to hire me. And I was incredibly grateful for that. But then another serendipitous thing happened just a couple of weeks ago from today. Um, I was walking Hawthorne. It started to rain. We ducked into a coffee shop. And I started talking to this woman and her mother about my baby. Name's Hawthorne. Nathaniel Hawthorne. I'm an English teacher. And as soon as this woman told me, or as soon as this woman heard that I was an English teacher... She told me to work for her. She's had a firm, an HR firm, for 20 years. She's the president. And she needed someone part-time, remote, to write job descriptions for corporations and government agencies that sought her help. Which was so perfect because not only was it remote, but writing job descriptions, like, I write... So, uh, I write resumes on the side as a side gig. I am very comfortable with this kind of skill. Um, all She hires, her company is all women, except for one, from my understanding. I'm pretty sure they're all moms, so she's very family-oriented. It was it was too, too good to be true. I took my time in considering it because I was already working for, going to be working for my father. And while I was considering it, she said, while you're thinking about if you want to accept this job or not, why don't you reach out to my current and former employees and ask them about their experience? And I thought that spoke volumes. I mean, just because just her having the confidence to give me that option was enough. Like that said enough about the company. I still did reach out to all those people. All had incredible things to say. I... I couldn't at least give it a shot. So here I am now back to like a 40 hour work week <laughs> doing two different jobs from home pretty much. And I'm nervous and I don't know what it's like to work in a setting that's not education. And I don't know what it's like to be in a corporate world. And I don't know. I don't know. It's really exciting and it's really terrifying. I don't like change, but change is beautiful and important. So that's what I'm looking forward to. That'll all, that'll all start in January.
And now that I've left teaching and I'm about to enter these two jobs, I'm kind of in a limbo space. And I'm finding myself again. And that's so vague and cliche, but I didn't realize how much of a shell of myself I was until I officially left teaching. It was like the scene in The Wizard of Oz. Like, I felt gray. And now my vibrancy is coming back. The Susie that I knew years ago, the Susie who graduated college, the Susie who was walking into school with a pep in her step every day because she loved her job, that girl is coming back. Her positivity, her joy, her hopefulness, her desire to make connections and socialize. It's all coming back and it's beautiful. And my family can see the difference. My friends can see the difference. Like everyone's benefiting from this. I, and I think I'm, this is a pivotal point in my life. I think that there are a few periods in all of our lives where we have the opportunity to stop and take a look around and reassess what's going on. What are we doing? Are we happy? Are we filling our own cups? And I'm in that period right now. I'm, I'm in limbo. I'm going with the flow. I have no like concrete goals other than, you know, to be happy and be a good mother, wife, daughter, friend. I have the space though to just enjoy and to just feel good in my mind and body again, to nourish my soul and energy and cultivate relationships new and old. And I can redefine and rediscover what it means to be Susie. What, what does it mean to be the Susie that I was and transform into the Susie that has had all of these experiences now? How do I reconcile those? How do I combine both of those and figure out what I'm left with and who this new version of me is and how she's going to contribute to the world and how she's going to contribute to those around her? I just, I feel so much, I feel so much freedom. So if you're in a space right now where you're feeling unhappy or purposeless, unfulfilled, whether that's in a career or a partnership or a cycle of bad habits, I hope that you too can tear yourself away from what you feel like you should do or what feels comfortable because it's all you know. And I hope that you have the courage to pursue what it is that's going to help you grow in the future, what it's going to take to rediscover yourself, reassess, join the two different versions of you from what you were when you were at your best to where you are now with all of the experiences that you've had. I hope that you find what's going to bring you joy. I I don't want us to waste the precious time that we have and the precious life that we have doing something because it's all we've ever known or it's what we feel like society wants us to do. I hope that we can walk this journey together. I hope that we can open discussions about what it means to tie your career to your identity, what it means to have the courage to step out into the unknown, what it means to be in your 20s and 30s, and and how we can bring back our own vibrancy. So until we meet again, Miss Dean loves you. 
I hope you have the best day ever. We'll talk next week.